What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. I'm Scott Lease here with my good friend and co-host and co-founder of the Surf and Sales Summit, Richard Harris. What's up, Richard? Uh, not much. Just trying to, it's May in Northern California and still like 60 degrees, like I'm freezing. Like you're not missing anything, Scott, down in Austin. So. Yeah, well, that's why I left San Francisco, so I didn't have to deal with that kind of thing. Hey, did you watch uh, the PGA Championship last weekend? Some of it. Did you see the Club Pro? Hit yes. One. Yes, I just I just saw I just rewatched the video, and then I saw his interview with Good Morning America, and apparently he didn't have to uh, since you know they asked him how big his bar tab was, and he said that well it's all covered by the PGA, so he didn't have to actually pay. This begs know. the question: Have you ever hit a hole in one? Yes, I have one time. Oh my so, god! Do you so. get it on video? Of course not, but I had my father. But my father-in-law was there. My father-in-law was there. So, um, well, maybe you have some sort of proof. All right. Well, we're here today uh, with my guy Janide Iqbal, who's the host of the No Degree podcast. He's got a huge presence on Twitter, a huge presence on LinkedIn. So we're going to get into all things podcasting, sales, marketing, branding, all that good stuff. But first, Richard. Tell everybody about our wonderful friends at HubSpot and uh, our other friend who also has a podcast that we want to talk about. Sure. Uh, As always, big shout out and thank you to HubSpot, the HubSpot Podcast Network for supporting us and supporting the sales community at large. Um, When you are looking for a CRM, of course, go check out HubSpot. They actually have some free resources for salespeople to help. Uh, We've actually got them in our show notes, so go check them out. But I want to mention Scott Clary and Success Story and his podcast. Um, Big fan of what he's been doing. And he does a great Q&A session, very similar to ours. Um, And he really makes sure that it's pretty no nonsense and gets raw and gets real. And so we really appreciate Scott. Uh, He did uh, this one episode that I really like called Building a Seven-Figure Side Hustle uh, and a Number One Podcast. So Scott, you've done the first part, a seven figure side hustle, um, but you're lacking and making me do all the work to get us to be a number one podcast. So well, maybe that's why we're not a number one podcast yet. That, that could be it. So, uh, so check out that episode um, and the guest, and I hope I pronounced their name right, is Hala Taha. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. If I'm not, someone please correct me. You um, did. The- he did. She's a friend of mine. So yeah, oh, is she? Her name. Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So um, check out that episode uh, with Scott and and um, with Janai. Thank you so much for uh, making sure I got it right. So welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's dive in. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the uh, No Degree podcast, right? Yeah. I think I think most people can figure out what No Degree means, but tell everybody about the the name and and where the kind of idea and inspiration came from. Yeah. So. On a notary podcast, I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories. Because what happens is there are so many careers that you can break into without a college degree, but the real juice is in how people did it. Like, how did you break into tech sales without a college degree when you were a waiter, when you worked at a restaurant, when you worked at retail? What were the steps you took? What were the resources you did? What were the mistakes you you made? How would you do it differently? And I, I passed 150 episodes. And I've had a lot of people in sales, marketing, technology, all different types of backgrounds. And I started nodegree.com just because so many jobs historically required degrees. 
but it's not necessary for a lot of jobs, especially in sales. Like I've seen some people get denied for sales roles for not having a degree. And it's like, this person has crushed their quota. Why can't they be a sales manager? They've done the work. And one of the reasons I love sales is people who are serious without degrees always find a way to break in. Like sales is one of those, doesn't matter or not whether you have a degree, it's about how you can break in, what you can do, and what you can do is set yourself apart. And another reason I love sales is if you 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 show you show hunger and ambition, you can break in. Like I've seen salespeople like, hey, Scott, I, I, I have 20 leads for you. I listen to your side so thing. I have 20 leads for you. Can I get a conversation with you? Most salespeople will say yes. Hey, I've done research. Here are 10 companies that you could target. I could potentially get you an intro. I see that you have an open SDR position. Can I at least talk about it? If you're hungry in sales, there are ways to break in and people appreciate that. It's also true too that people people do have sales, do have college degrees and they still don't get interviewed, right, Scott? Because you had a sales uh, college degree yeah, and I wouldn't I'm, interview you. I'm, Richard wouldn't give me an interview back in the day. That's a true story, by the way. He said my resume was no good. He didn't even give it a look. Uh, I want to know the wildest story that you can think of, Janide. The wildest so, story about how somebody broke into tech sales specifically who had no degree. What's the wildest story you can think of? No, I think the wildest would be like the people who take that extra effort and that you just have to give a meeting. Like, it, you know, you have a podcast, right? And it, the barrier is so low that if someone came to me and was like, hey, you li I listened to seven seconds of your podcast. Can I hop on a call with you? I'd be like, yeah, like you beat 99% of people. So <laughs> like the wilder stories are the people who like go in and they take that research and they give like a deck like, hey, I've designed a deck of like 10 potential clients for you. Um, I'd love to have a conversation. And you know what's another wild story? Actually, this is like wild in a different way. My friend was hiring for a role. He had 270 applications. Only one guy sent a cold email. Like this is a sales job. How like, you know, it's just like the barometer for sales. Yeah. So that's like wild that people don't think about it. And I do a lot of resumes for salespeople. And it's very interesting because salespeople are so good at selling in their type of sales, but they forget when they're searching for jobs. All of a sudden it's like, why don't All you do that? It's like, yes, go out yeah. the window, right? it's like, hey, did you know you can reach out to the person? Did you know you can cold call the HR department to get someone? Did you know that? Like, it, like obviously don't go crazy with it, but. You oh, will, I say go crazy. I no, I had off. someone go too crazy. I think they sent like messages like every two hours, like, hey. All right, like, well, that I wouldn't do. You have to have a good cadence, but. There you go. You know, there do you the go. things and be, be. And so it's crazy to me how a lot of salespeople don't do these things. Well, it's particularly, particularly in light of the fact that it's everything's moving back to full cycle AE, yeah. right? Like that's going to be the, to your point, the barometer of, you know, who gets to the top of the stack person who at least made mo the most effort, right. And the best effort. Um, I do love your, I love your story. If I interpreted it right of like, you know, if I were ever interviewing again, I'd, I'd probably try to call a couple of prospects and say, I'm interviewing at this company. I'd love to know what you think. And then I could go into that interview and say, by the way, I spoke to these people. If you ever want an introduction, I may be able to help. Like that yeah. would blow me away yeah. uh, in a hiring. Like I'd hire that person on the spot. I don't need yeah. them to do a demo Think for me. I don't need them to do a presentation. I don't need to go through 1200 times pi, you know, interview yeah. process. So I, I'll tell you, tell you all a fun story real quick. Uh, this is back in 2011. I was working as a VP of sales of this company. And this woman came in for an interview and she had never done traditional outbound sales before, never done telephone sales, inside sales, anything like that. And we were interviewing her and 
you know, we, we felt like, wow, she, she's got pretty good potential actually. And she goes, can I make some phone calls? And I'm looking and we were looking at her and we're like, you mean to like real prospects or whatever? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Let, let me, let me call a few people. Do you have like a script or something like that, that you can give us? So we're like, fuck, all right, let's, why not? Nobody ever asks if they can do that straight away. Right. So we put her on the phone and I'm not, I swear on my kids, she closed the deal. She won, yeah. she one call, closed the deal, small contract, transactional sales. You know, it's like $300 a month, 12 month deal, whatever. But she closed it. That's that's wild. And people, obviously, she got hired. Yeah, I tell people be be a little bold. You know, it's like you can do these things. Like especially now, it's like being bold gets you far, right? Like imagine someone came in and was like, "Hey, I've done the demos for. I've went through demos for three of your competitors. Here are the insights I've gathered. I'd love to talk to you. I think your product is the best, and I'd rather work for you." Like that boldness is part. I would imagine has got to be part of the decision and thought process for you to go all in on yourself and, and host a podcast. Cause I wonder if somebody said to you, you know, who are you to host a podcast? What no, do you, you, what what? you, you, you going to, what are you going to do with that? This is going to be your whole business. You know what? Right. So the podcast wasn't bold. Well, but, and you know what? And I'm not as bold as other people, but I am pretty bold. So August, 2018, I had a job and I quit it to do no degree.com full time. The, now I will tell a lot of people like I live at home. So I live at home with my parents. And that's one of the reasons I was able to do it. If I did not have it, I would not do it. I would probably have to wait longer. And I always tell people, put yourself in a position where you can make those bold decisions, right? You have to do this because it's, there's risk, no high risk, high reward kind of thing. I was broke for the next 15 months. So I did not make anything. And it's only when I started doing resumes that I started making money. And then before I started doing resumes, I started the podcast because I would go to networking meetings like crazy. And sometimes you end up driving like three to four hours a day. You're going to one meeting, 30 minutes, one another meeting, this. And I was like, I can't work during this time. And I started listening to podcasts because I was like, you know what? I could be in NYC traffic, but I don't care if I'm listening to podcasts on sales, on marketing, on SEO. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I start a podcast? Because I interact with these people all the time and people are asking for me for advice. I'm saying the same things over and over. I could just be like, hey, listen to episode five. So the podcast, and let's go into like branding and sales, it's a content marketing tool for me. So there are many benefits. I get to interview lots of people. The other thing is I get to be on other podcasts. So I tried to be on a lot of podcasts in like um, early 2019. I sent out a lot of pitches and I customized them. I made sure I was a good fit. I got like no bites. As soon as I started podcast, people started hitting me up. It was just like, hey, can you come on podcast? Can you come on podcast? Because people search up. So it was one of those things that it was just very interesting. The other thing is, is I charge a decent amount. Like I charge like 700 to 1500 for like resumes, interviews, all LinkedIn prep. I spend four to six hours with my clients. I cover everything. Now, a lot of people can't afford that. And I get it. Like some people lose their jobs, all that stuff. So I tell the podcast is like, hey, you know what? Listen to my podcast. You can learn for free. Or I get some people who are still like trying to figure out. I'm like, hey, listen to this episode. It has the advice you need. And so, yeah, so that's like, hey. that's like your freemium yeah. service in a way. It's like yeah. all these different podcast episodes and whatnot. And then anybody who needs, you know, deeper work, yeah. premium stuff. That's what you're doing over there. Yeah. Yeah. What, what have you learned after doing your podcast? Like what? 
if you were going to go back, you know, that stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway. I love that question. Yeah, I hate it. Um, but I'll ask it. Uh, you know, if you were going to go back and you were going to tell yourself something about doing different on the podcast, what would you have done differently when you got started? I, I probably would have started with YouTube to, with it because I don't have YouTube episodes for like before episode 70 because the platform I used didn't support video at the time. So I've lost out on some good video that I could use for content. The other thing that I would do is I, I do well, like, you know, I got a couple thousand dollars per episodes, but you know, I want to get a lot more, right? I want to be like, you know, top 100 in my category. And what I should have done more of was that I should have guested on other podcasts more because the number one way to grow a podcast is to guest on other podcasts um, in addition to like advertising. So I did not guest on it. So I should have been a little more specific with that. That's cool. What, um, when did you... How do you do it all? Because this is, this is I'm now I'm asking for us, right? So yeah. we see it the same way, right? Like, so you do this thing. This, this is an asset. This isn't just a podcast, yeah. right? There's an audio recording. You can make clips. There's the YouTube piece, which you got to upload and you can make clips. You could take this content usually and turn it into 1200 blog posts or LinkedIn yeah. posts. How do you do all that? Or do you have a team behind you? My head is spinning already. Just thinking no, about, I, I have a team because I show up to the podcast and then they go into the thing. I'm like, hey, I was on the podcast. They take care of the rest of it because I tell people it's like you have limited time and resources. Could I edit? Sure, I could learn it. Could I do all these little things? But is my time spent better at that? Like time I spent doing that is not time that I'm. What do you, you, know, what do, you do if your partner, let's say you had that and you had a partner who was fucking dirt cheap, you know, and he wanted to hire someone to do that, but he'd only pay him like five dollars a month. You, I, you can't tell if you can't tell he's talking about me. Okay. So here's what I'll tell you. It's like when I charge for my services, I'm making like a hundred to 250 an hour time spent me not doing that and editing when I could pay someone to 20, 30 bucks. It's like a, it's a loss. Right. So, and I tell people, it's like, I could spend more time on other podcasts. I could spend more time. Growing oh, we get it. He just doesn't want to spend money. Like he's spend just that you know, money. If, spend if, that money. If he didn't have kids, he'd still be eating ramen. <laughs> Look, respect, but <laughs> I'd be eating ramen in a castle. Is right. what I'd be respect, here. respect. So no, I appreciate it. When did when did it click for you? How did you first start? Because I think this is always an interesting story. When did it click for you to monetize the podcast? How did you start to monetize it? You know, nobody ever really talks about this, right? It sort of fell in our lap, but how did it work for you? For me, content marketing. So I get clients off the podcast, like people like, hey, you know what? I don't have a college degree. You're the no degree guy. I need to talk to you. The other thing is uh, I sponsor my own podcast. So I'm not sponsored by anyone. I have a resume course. So in the middle, they're like, hey, need help finding your dream job Buy the dream career course from, you know, hosted by me. I've done X, Y, Z. So I sponsor myself. One of the reasons I, I like doing that is because then I get to see the true impact of the podcast. Cause with the sponsor, you know, you got to send a metric. They got to say, Hey, how many clicks did we get and all that? But with my own course, it just leads to that. So I get a lot of opportunity. It's hard for me to give an exact number, but I do get a lot of like my, most of my resumes are inbound Yeah, and somehow they're finding me. Scott, I'm over here laughing out loud. Why am I laughing? Do you know why? Because uh, I have want nothing to do with like sending people 
analytics and clicks and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff? No, what, I, what I'm doing is I'm like, we're 450 episodes in and we've never once said, by the way, if your team needs sales training, you should contact Richard. By the way, you need to go to market strategy. Yes. I'm telling yeah, you, you should call yeah, we, we, we have no we have idea. Never figured to, that we out. We have no idea no. how to promote ourselves. That's what you're right. you know what? We, there's our egos are so big. Our egos oh, are so big that we think people know. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing, you know funny? There's nothing wrong with it. We're basically just saying we're stupid. You know, I you know. That's funny? why I'm laughing. I'm going to tell you on LinkedIn, there are people who I know, like, I didn't know you did resumes. Right. Like it's in, you know, it's funny. It's in my headline. It's in there. But, you know, my content is not around it. And I don't want my content to be around resumes. I want my content to be around something else just because I want it to appeal to more people and not just job seekers. Um, but, yeah, do it. I'm telling you, be your own sponsor. That's hilarious. So that's a, that's a way to drive direct revenue through um, different resources or assets that, that you've got. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how about sort of this multi-platform approach that you've done a really good job um, of building and scaling? Richard and I have not done a, a good job being very visible on, on a, a few different platforms. You've got yeah. twice as many followers, followers as me on Twitter, um, but you also have a really strong presence on, on LinkedIn as well. How do you think about where you spend your time? And for all I know, you might have strong presence on a bunch of other platforms as well. But how do you how do you think about where you spend your time and which yeah. one you put more effort in, into? Okay. So I'll tell you, I was on Instagram and I have only 5K. And then I was like, okay, Instagram's not driving traffic. And Instagram's competitive. I'm competing with girls in bikinis, celebrities, athletes. It's tough, right? Like, who? how, how do I compete? So then I actually went on Quora. I was like, Quora, I was like, I can answer questions. And they see my headline. They'll see founder at nodegree.com and they'll see my headline. But the issue is people write these damn essays on Quora. I was like, I can't compete with that. Then somewhere I, I knew LinkedIn had organic reach. This was um, early 2019. And then I was like, well, I could comment because when I comment, people see my headline. People see my headline. They want to talk to me. So I started on LinkedIn 100 plus comments a day, every day month straight. And it's funny because people still think I do that. I still comment a decent amount, but not that level. And I chose LinkedIn because LinkedIn, I was like, look, there's, you don't have people under 18. So they don't have money to spend. You don't have the crazy people above 50 on Facebook who are just arguing all day. You tend to get a core B2B audience, right? LinkedIn is the core B2B. So your impressions mean more, right? Having 10K on LinkedIn means a little more than, you know, 10K on another platform. Right? Now, I, I, I LinkedIn was my main platform for three years. And at that point I got, you know, I was like at 30 something thousand followers. I've gotten like 30 million impressions and I did well. And I got a lot of business. The one thing that LinkedIn did not do is I never got press off of LinkedIn because journalists don't hang out there. So I was like, you know what? Let me focus on Twitter because the journalists are on there. And then I went all out on Twitter. I was on Twitter spaces and all that. And that's how I grew. I built a community on there. And what I will always say for multi-platform, you need to have a main platform first, understand it, because the thing is, the first platform is the hardest. The second platform is easier, because when I started on Twitter, people were like, oh, that guy has, oh, this LinkedIn influencer, oh, that guy has a lot of LinkedIn followers. So I'd get on spaces despite having only a couple hundred, because the first thousand on Twitter are so brutal, right? 
And I found that the first, after 3000, I started having a lot more credibility. I started getting invited a lot more. And the one thing I liked about Twitter was Twitter, I could just have an idea post or LinkedIn. You kind of have your one post a day kind of thing. Twitter is like, Hey, I could share a screenshot of the same thing. I could have, I could be funny. And Twitter did force. Now the next thing is I got Twitter down packed. Now it's, I'm going to go on TikTok. And I, cause again, I'm not paying people for this. It's me figuring out and networking, but again, and networking has helped me. My, I have a friend who does well on LinkedIn, Joe Lalji. He has like 180K on LinkedIn. So he's on Twitter, I mean, TikTok. And he shared like, hey, how he grew. So I saw his growth and I witnessed it live. So TikTok will be next. And then after that, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably do IG, YouTube shorts. But I, I, I tend to focus on one platform at a time because growing a platform is different than maintaining a platform. So how do you do that though? Because at some point, you, as Scott has always said, you know, at some point, you know, to pick something up, you got to put something down. Like, yeah, is so, your, are you like that disciplined with your calendar? The team really helps, but I scale back on other things. So that's why I mentioned growing takes a lot more effort than maintaining. Because maintaining is like, hey, I knew this. And you can repurpose your content. So it's like, here's my tweet version. Here's my LinkedIn version. Here's my TikTok version. So a lot of times I'll be like, hey, how do I turn this into a TikTok? So it's more about fitting it in. Uh, and I am creative, you know, when it comes to social media and I like, I enjoy it. So that's why it's easier, but you know, it, it's, it's, you need to have like a system and processes just like in sales. Like how do you scale your sales team? You need to have processes in place so that it's consistent. You need to get tools that help you with that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like, like my mind's going, yes, yes, yes. All in, all in. And I'm like, Dude, that means I'm going to have to work 12 or 14 hours a day. You know? I work 12 to 14 hours a day. I was going to say, do you have, are, are, you don't have kids yet? No, I don't. There you go. There's yeah, the answer, yeah. Scott. Yeah. And you know, the thing is I'm in the building phase. So what I always tell entrepreneurs is there's a period of your life where you have to maintain an unsustainable pace for a short period of time. That's when you get the most growth, but you can't maintain it. So that's where you get the burst where you really grow and all that. So I'm in that stage where I'm doing that just to get to the point where I have that consistent revenue and then I can pull back a little. That's good. That's really, really good. So um, got to pause for a second, give Scott a minute to think about something super yeah, smart. That's really what the pause is for. So, but uh, actually we're going to pause and, and give a, our thanks and gratitude to HubSpot for putting us on the HubSpot Podcast Network. By the way, to uh, HubSpot Podcast, please get Janai uh, Iqbal on your podcast network. Like his stuff is good and he's funny and he's witty. So, um, and he's multi platform. So that's going to help you. So, HubSpot, yeah. if you're listening, do that. Um, you know, again, we want to talk about HubSpot for a second. Uh, the CRM is easy for everyone to use. It's easy to integrate with teams. It's got a ton of AI power tools now. Uh, they have a content assistant, uh, which means you can get rid of some of those manual tasks that we hate having to do, um, which we've been talking about, at least from a podcast perspective. You can do things like drag, drag and drop. And it's got about 1,300 integrations. Um, and it doesn't just help the sales team. It does help your marketers and put everybody on the same page. So Really appreciate HubSpot Podcast Network for supporting us and um, please check them out. We've got a link in our show notes. And now, Scott Lease, back to you and your brilliance. Wait, I can continue that. HubSpot Academy it. is amazing. 
I recommend that for a lot of entry-level salespeople. It's like, hey, if you're transitioning to sales, they have all those certifications. They have all the topics. Use that. And that's how you can break into sales without a college degree. So shout out to HubSoft for that. All right. That's cool. Well, Thank well, you. Well, for, thanks for doubling down. You've got, you've got a, a background in customer service, customer success, sales, recruiting, all this kind of stuff. How do you, how do you use all those skills running this one person business? You got to help and you get a team. And yeah. So like that, I like, have partners and I have teams. So it's not a one person business, but okay. I am the sales engine. Now, I kind of accidentally fell into sales and can I sell an enterprise product? No. Like I don't have, I, I know the basics of sales and I know that it takes a lot of work to get good at it, but I use sales for my product and that's how I increase my prices. And because I increase my prices, I have more bandwidth. So I used to charge like $300 for four to six hours of doing the resumes and all that. At 297, you know, sales. And I, I tried to raise my prices to 347. I got no business that week. And then I had to go back to 297 and I had business. So then I talked to a friend and he was like, look, I'm charging 1,000, 2,000. He's like, yo, people are not paying this up front. Cause I do payment plans. He's like, do, do payment plans. So what I did was I said, okay, hey, I'll do the same work. But now I would pitch it as two payments of 227. One as a deposit and then one you pay after if and only if you're satisfied. I got the same amount of sales. Maybe like one or two people didn't pay, but overall, I got the same amount of sales at 50% higher, right? So I was making, you know, more. And then every time I increased my prices, two payments of 247. And now I'm charging most people two payments of 400, two payments of 500. And that, again, it's one of those things. How, And I've learned a lot, right? I've learned a lot. When people come to me, I used to have a close rate of one in five. I doubled the close rate because what I did was hey, I'll give you a free intro. However, here's my pricing range. I'll still give you a free intro call, but just to be upfront. And people who are cheap dropped a call. Now I got two out of five. So it's all about like testing things, raising prices, being bold, trying new things. Because you have to, as a founder, you have to have that sales aspect. Yeah. It's interesting how... It's interesting that pricing model, this is Richard's pricing model theory. He's probably loved it when you were like, I did 297. Yeah. 299. And you see, I'm Richard, not doing 497. Richard, Richard sends a contract out and it's like, you know, $26,247. It's just like the most random yeah, yeah, yeah. number. You, you know, that. you know, it's interesting. So but does it work? Not... Yeah. I mean, it, it works. It works. No, so one thing I want to clarify. So you see how I changed later as I got higher in prices, I didn't do two payments of 397. I did two payments of 400, two payments of 500. So one thing I learned is the difference between lower ticket and higher ticket, people are more price sensitive to lower ticket. So they do see a difference of 297 to 300. For higher ticket, they're buying you on your emotion and brand. And to them, 497 is the same as 500, right? Because you have to convince them. So that's, and I've been able to increase my prices because of the brand I've built, the following I've built, and I have 230 recommendations at the bottom of my profile. So that's why I'm able to do that. But if I was early in my career, again, earlier, I was not able to do the 300 or so, you know, all that. A couple of things. Do you proactively seek um, recommenda recommendations yes. and stuff like that, both on LinkedIn and on, you know, wherever your podcast is hosted? So, Are you looking so, for those kind of testimonials proactively? So 
for LinkedIn recommendations, these are all clients. So they're not podcast guests. They're clients that I've yeah. worked with. For the podcast, do I pro I do seek reviews. However, I don't go crazy with the reviews. I have over 100 because a lot of the algorithms don't favor, like Apple does not take that into consideration on how your podcast appears. Apple focuses on like the last seven days of download. So it's like, I got enough, but it's like, hey, I could have a thousand reviews. It's still not going to increase my download. It's going to help someone who's going to look at it and see, should I listen to this podcast? So I haven't focused on that, but maybe, I don't know, Spotify may because maybe it's part of the algorithm. What's the, what's the number one thing that you would advise somebody to do to increase and optimize the number of downloads that they're getting on their podcast right now? Make money and invest in advertising. I found like I advertised, that was like the best thing. Um, and I've known people who with large podcasts that they don't share it publicly, but they heavy on advertising because it's it's just one of those things. Because one thing about podcasts is you have to be on multiple platforms, right? Spotify, each platform has a different like way of searching for podcasts because a podcast is an RSS feed that other platforms pick up. So therefore, each platform is a little different and it's hard and it's very hard to find info on how to rank on those platforms. But advertising is the quickest and easiest way um, or guessing on other podcasts. How do you advertise? I, I mean, I hear ads on other podcasts. You, you just go and you figure out, go to Spotify and Google search pods, you know. Like you have to go to the smaller apps because I have no idea how you would even get on Spotify straight. Like, right. I don't know if they have an account exec or how that works, but go to the smaller apps, find a contact. A lot of times talk to other podcasters, like, Hey, how'd you advertise? That's how I learned of right. advertising. Right. And then they'll share with you like, Hey, this one worked, this one didn't. That's cool. And then the other thing is network with other podcasters. I know promo swaps are good. Feed swaps are good. Those other podcast specific newsletters. Cause one of the things about podcast is like, you can't just advertise on Facebook. You have to advertise within the podcasting environments because a lot of people are not podcast listeners. So it's right. You have to catch someone who's already a podcast listener. Yeah, you got to fish where the fish are. Yeah. And I've heard TikTok is good too, apparently. LinkedIn is not good. LinkedIn and Twitter is not that good for getting actual downloads. Like I had a tweet do 250K about a podcast, it only got like 100 extra downloads. No, Scott, we've been doing it wrong for four years. We need to hire, we need to hire. Tonight for mentoring us. It so. seems like every guest we have on the show does everything better than we do. Particularly on That's the how podcast. I feel. Every time I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, Jesus, I am I know nothing. You know yeah. what? I know nothing too. So I'm always learning. <laughs> so what um you know, sort of moving moving towards sort of the, the back end of this. Um, you know, what do you want to ask us? What kind of questions would you like to ask us today? So or 50. You know, how do you guys keep it consistent? Because 99% of podcasts stop before 21 episodes, right? So to get to the 450, you are like a 0.1% of podcasters. Well, there we go. Doing something right. He's boosting our ego back up. a little. There we go. I feel better. It's all sales. Yeah. Well well done. Well done. Uh, Uh, My my first answer to that is... um, One, I think I think it is easier when it is a friend and a co-host, right? Like you can motivate each other to do this, and we can, you know, Scott. I tend to do more of the back end, and Scott tends to do more on booking, um, those kind of things. But that's helpful. I also think the fact that he and I were just we were very good friends long before this came along. Um, it's a way for us to actually hang out, 
Like yeah. we don't get that, you know, if, I can assure you that if we didn't have this podcast, we would not talk every week because that's what guys don't do. Guys yeah. don't guys need to and, talk to each other. Right. So I think that helps. Um, I also think that because we created the event first and then the podcast, they sort of went together. They go together. Right. Um, and that helped. Um, and then I think that, you know, it's interesting, Scott, I don't know, like when we first got approached the first time for someone to sponsor us, they like, would we, could we pay you a thousand dollars to, you know, mention us on you? We're like a thousand bucks. I mean, wow. it didn't change our lives, but we were like, Oh fuck, this is, we can monetize. This and, uh, and I do wonder if that had never happened, would we have still kept doing it? Right. Like that's always been a challenge. Um, and then we grew it. Like we've, you know, we've done really well on the, the, you know, the last, the this year has been a little bit tougher, but you know, we've cleared 200, 300 K in sponsorships, just of the podcast, not even the event. And that's, um, serious. that's serious money. Right. And uh, just from two guys wanting to goof off. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I think that's what keeps us going, you know, I mean, um, and I know the friendship answer. piece, but those are really good answers. Another thing is our networks are so large that it makes it really easy to come up with guests. Yes. yes. So if you only have a network of, I don't know, a hundred people, <laughs> it starts to get a little scary probably to go outside of that network. And you're like, where the hell do I find guests? Well, you know, we've got 200,000 people between the two of us. So it's not that hard to continuously find, you know, new people that we haven't had on the show before stuff like that and find, you know, different topics. Um, I certainly think the economic reasons that Richard is talking about is, is a big part of it. I, I remember, I, I remember we started the podcast think, not thinking at all that it was something you could monetize. Mostly yeah. just thinking this is the lead magnet for the Surf and Sales Summit. And people will start to hear about the summit and buy tickets and go to the events. And then when we actually picked up our first sponsorship for the podcast, I was like, wait, we can monetize the podcast. This is like a mind blowing kind of thing. Right. And Richard, you know, just shared with everybody, like some of the numbers that, that we've been getting, we've been getting large contracts from big brands, you know, for, for a number of years that obviously like increases the motivation to keep doing it and stay consistent with it. Um, and, you know, I think very early on part of our strategy was to sort of overwhelm the market with, uh, content and resources. So the very first year we dropped 200 episodes, 200. Wow. Yeah. I can't do math very good, but that's like two every three days ish. Yeah. Right. Or a week. There's a lot, right. A lot of time and energy was, was put into that. Um, and you know, I, so that was partly just from a strategic standpoint, rather than doing one a week or, you know, this like one every couple weeks haphazard kind of thing. It's like, no, if we're going to do this, we're going to go like pretty hard in the paint with it and kind of keep it going. Right. Yeah. We made, we, we, the thing we did make easy for ourselves was figuring out how to like the first step for us. Cause we were, cause we're two people versus one was coordinating a calendar link. So like when we sent this over to you, it just looked at our calendar. So we didn't have to like have these, you know, menage a trois emails flying around left and right of people trying to get a, a, you know, a date and a time and all that. So that was a, I think that, I think if we hadn't figured that out early, we probably would have failed. 
because it was just getting too. It would have gotten frustrating. Yeah. It took me a couple. Of, yeah, I was looking at the calendar. I was like, "Damn, I gotta wait till May." But I'm excited. Time flies. Yeah, we're we're glad. We're glad to have you here. Um, oh, I had a question for you, and now I forgot. What else? Well, you I got ask a question. Us? Yeah, go for question. it. Who is the dream guest, or who are the one or two dream guests besides you? Yeah, besides me. Right. Um, I want to interview myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you do that with AI, I think. Hilarious. Probably with AI, you could probably. That you know, would be probably hilarious. Do, I could do that. Hilarious, actually. Okay. Um, that's uh, Scott. Who would your dream guest be? I don't know. I think, I think it would be fun to talk to uh, pro athletes. Yeah, you know, uh, professional like musicians and artists and all that kind of stuff. I would I would love to be talking to people like outside of just business and sales. I think that that would start to get pretty fun and pretty interesting. But okay. you know, so we're not there yet. Mean- we're 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 in our niche niche yeah. now and happy happy I about mean, that yeah. that is my dream like i want to get some of the ceos of the larger companies that don't have college degrees pro athletes are like a, a good one right a lot of them don't have degrees and you know um the musicians and the artists just because they have very creative stories like i had yes. a ufc fighter on demetrius johnson mm. and he's one of the top five fighters of all time in mixed martial arts and it's just very funny because you see a lot of advice and it's like, this is someone who's actually top five greatest, right? They're not number one at the company, not their top five. And, you know, you see the thing is like, oh, don't have a backup plan. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I had a backup plan. He's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like the guy who's, you know, literally top 0.1% in the history of his sport has a backup plan. So, she, you know, it's, it's interesting, interesting seeing those perspectives. Yeah, it's interesting because I was expecting you to turn around and go, well, why haven't you guys just asked them? Like, cause you're the all about getting out of our comfort zone. And it's kind of like, Scott, we've never really tried. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to some point, and, and part of it is, well, how the fuck would I find them? But that's part of the game too. But uh, you know, that that's a really good, you know, you made me think, well, we should at least try. Try, right. you know, right? and, so. and you guys would do it well because I get pitched for guests all the time. And it's funny because these people are like, Hey, I'm Horrible. a Harvard lawyer with a PhD in this and I like I'll be like, do you have a degree? Like I'll be like, hey, it's called the No Degree Podcast. Like I have lawyers, pe- and they'll be like my yeah. client, and it's like, dude, it's the No Degree Podcast. Or sometimes people do it, and I'll just ask them, do you have a degree? They're like, yeah. I'm like, hey, that's like literally the only requirement. Like I'd only make an exception if you're like a pro athlete that has like, yeah. you know, then it's like cool. You you can. So here's 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 how we answer that, and uh, and nobody's ever taken this up on it. Was we just simply say, hey, we're pretty booked. For the next few months, we've only got a few slots left for sponsors. If yeah. you're interested in the sponsorship program, let us know. Ooh, I like that. That's so, um, and then they do spot. I mean, then they can sponsor. Um, but uh, but it's a polite way to say no in a way that doesn't say, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Go do your research. Because um, I we I get that too. I get them all. I don't know if Scott, you ever get them or not, but I get them all the time. Yeah, I get it. I just kind of think those as spam, honestly. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's somebody totally. shot out this big template to. 5,000 yeah. people who have a podcast and I don't really yeah. take it seriously, you know, particularly when they have a podcast agent. Yeah. You know, and one, one other thing that, that I think helps us at least um, is we're real low fi and low tech with everything. So we don't go in and, and hack up a bunch of clips and, you know, drop, uh, you know, closed captions and all this kind of, we don't do editing. We just, yeah. Hey, whatever you get, Boom, it's published, you know, a couple of days later, right? Um, 
And, you know, I think a lot of people can overthink things by trying to make it too perfect. Yeah. So we just consciously said, I don't, we don't give a damn about perfect at all. Right. Do we have the best sound quality? No. You know, do we have the best like commercials and, and pre-roll mid-roll? Yes. Stuff? No, we do. I disagree. Yeah, Richard does. Yeah. Well, so we just have purposely decided that we don't care as much about that stuff. We care more about having good quality conversations and getting them out there um, at volume. Right. And I think, so I think that has helped for us as yeah. well. Yeah. No, that's good. So, yeah, we're, we're struggling. It's interesting. We're both gone for the month of July this year and, you know, we're recording and I'm having to like pre-record. I'm not going to, you know, I actually have to go in and do some of that editing because the HubSpot will give us new people to promote each month. Yeah. And so um, that this will be the most for, for planning we've ever done. <laughs> I think yeah, no, normally you know if what? we go on vacation, if we go on vacation, we're just like, all right, we won't put anything out. Well, you know, this time because, you know, HubSpot supporting us and, we want to keep growing and we're seeing our, our downloads increase you know, dramatically. We, we don't want to just take the month of July. Off. No, I mean, um, look, I'm going to tell you, you know, it's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in podcasting. So I used to get like $5,000 an episode, right? Cause I use advertising and all that. So consistently, right. Every time I missed a week, I lost 10% of my downloads permanently. And there was one time I missed three weeks and I lost 25% of my downloads. So well, that's something if I were to ever do again, I would find a way, maybe republish an older episode. Cause you know, if you have 450, you could republish an older episode. So now Jesus I will never God. do that. We didn't think about that. God damn. Yeah. See, hey, this is one of the reasons why you start a podcast is because you get smarter people than you who come on the podcast and they teach you things so you can get better at your business. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Wow. I learned that the hard way. So, yeah. That's now, cool. Yeah, I'm getting ahead now. Well, now we're going to have to go and republish some of our original episodes, Scott. Want to hear the first episode ever? Here it is. Yeah, push it out. We push it out. There you go. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? It's every like a episode, Yeah. It, and, and the thing is, every episode of your podcast is someone's first episode. So it's like, you know, it, it, that's something to think about. And you could republish an older episode because it, yes, it's the first why episode. You, but why are you doing this? And why are you not running your own podcasting service business? Like, like you could like totally do this. And then you like fiber these, this stuff out for people. Like I'd hire you to do this. Scott would. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell $6. you, there are a lot of things I could do, but my mission is with no degree.com. And like, that's my billion dollar idea. You know, it's like, uh, not that I wouldn't make money doing that, but that's not like a billion, that's a good service-based business. But my billion dollar idea is nodegree.com. My end goal is to compete with LinkedIn, Indeed, Monster.com and be the source for, hey, I don't have a college degree. I'm going to go to nodegree.com. And that's something that's going to take like 15 to 20 years. Got it. Well, I, look, I can respect that. I can respect exactly like finding the right passion, the thing that matters to you. You know, it's, it's kind of like double underlining, you know, one yeah. thing is you're, you're providing, you know, something you like, but it's also helping the world. And yeah. that to me is a double underline. And I think that's really cool, man. No, so. and you know, that's the thing. I've had other businesses that do well, right? If someone came to buy that business, I sell the other ones. No degree.com, you could throw a billion dollars at me. And I'd be yeah. like, no, this is like, and my partners call me crazy, but that's like the one thing it's like, no, like this is like yeah, more legacy for me. I'm going to call you crazy. I'm yeah, like, I'm gonna yeah, say a billion dollars. I'm done. 
That's a big number. That's a big number. It is Dude, a big number. I'll do it. I'll do it for eight million. Well, where's the best? Where, where's the best place for people to find you and uh, and stay in touch? Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on several platforms, but LinkedIn is the best place. You know, you put. I'll give you the my LinkedIn URL to put in the show notes. I'm pretty active. That's where that's like my number one platform. And then check out the Nerd Degree Podcast, where I interview people without college degrees and you know share their stories. Yeah, I've right, we'll actually got you in the show notes, so you're good. Yeah. I appreciate you spending some time with us, man, and and dropping some. Uh, dropping some knowledge and science on us so we, we can make our show a little bit better. So Richard's going to get on all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, sure, Scott, I'm sure that's really what's going to happen. Fucker. So appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks.